0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Jackson Johnson podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking to the man himself, Ben Patrick, or better known as Knees Over Toes Guy through social media. Ben is one of the best coaches on the planet. He is making waves when it comes to injury rehab prevention and bulletproofing knees and lower back. If you're here to find out how to fix your lumbar disc bulges, we talk about that towards the end, but the start is of massive value, figuring out what Ben has been doing at the moment and to grow his business. Let's get into it. All right, we're live. So Ben, excited to have you back on the show, man. Um, it's It's been a minute. Um, if anyone hasn't listened to the first podcast we did together, that could be also of, of massive value. But um, how you been, bro? How's the gym? How's everything been over this COVID time?
1: Dude, I'm, I'm good. I really appreciate you having me on. I think you were the one... of one of the first people to ever have me on a podcast. So it's really cool to be back on again. We went through a change. you know. I went from being um, just a local gym owner to kind of starting to do some unique stuff and delivering that online. So now I'm sitting in a, in a studio now. So we have our weights, our dumbbells, our machines. So we're now out of a, a gym where people can go and into a staff studio. So we have a staff of just, about, uh, just over 10 people right in that range. So we all work out together. We all work online together. So it's really just like an online gym now. And Corona kind of pushed us off the cliff. We were already in that direction. You know what I mean? And uh, during Corona, we just made the switch. So we're just an online studio now. We work out here, our computers are here, and we go to town online.
0: There's two ways this Corona COVID thing affected the world. And it's either small businesses either made a change and made it or they didn't make it. And obviously some yeah. criteria, it doesn't matter, you know, sometimes just people need that shop front, but there's always another way. What I want to know is, um, so you don't have, you don't plan to go back to the gym, like you've sold the gyms, I know that you pretty much made a bit of money for the land space in that gym as well. Yeah,
1: so the, the buildings on the market now, I have a couple offers, I got lucky that I got it when the real estate was really low. So I will make a nice, profit on I, I've paid off the building, so I'll make a nice sum from selling that. But yeah, in terms of the income, we had about two thousand online members when corona hit, and we have over three thousand now. So that that thousand that extra thousand active members online more than made up the difference of what was made in person.
0: I um it's crazy, man. I tell your story and I mention your name to every single person I meet. I and that. there's a lot of guys that are doing like advanced level Paul Check stuff. So I'm going to be doing a, pod, a podcast with the guys from um, the guys that did a bit of Paul Check. So his name's Callum Krauss. He's new to the industry, um, but he's really following that Paul Check. And he's just started his own little um, gym, and it's more about corrective culture and stuff like that. And uh, I talk about you to him all the times because the philosophies are a little bit different, but the end goal is the same. And um, with him him opening up the gym, it's because he's never had one before. So I think it's helping him create that, you know, when I say gym, it's not a big gym, it's just a studio as well. So basically it's more to have a few clients in, but for for him to have an ice bath and a sauna and him to create content because he was doing that at the garage. And I think, I mean, for some people it's a good, like some people want to, some people are listening to this and going, okay, I just got to do fully online. But this is the mistake a lot of online coaches make. They get a good physique and then they become an online trainer, they don't really have real experience. And with you, you've yeah. trained, and you still do with friends and other people. You're yep. face-to-face with hundreds and thousands of athletes, clients, etc. Yep. And that's how you really built your knowledge. And it hasn't, it's only been the last probably six months that I've seen your confidence on camera really peak, but it's because you had the skill to start with. You're not just faking it till you make it. Like You had the skill, you know, you I don't know if people have heard the story, if they haven't yet. Just give us a quick rundown of the injuries that you had and and why you started this journey on wanting to be the guy that fixed knees, but not just knees now, but that's kind of how it started.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to training mindset, I really like that you, you know, you mentioned this other guy who's on a different path than me, but similar philosophy, right? It's kind of the philosophy of let's see what we can do instead of just limiting things, right? So I went through three nasty knee surgeries and was chewed up and spit out of basketball. I was the guy made fun of for how slow I was. I couldn't jump, but I didn't give up on that. And I finally had to take a new viewpoint and step outside of the traditional stuff I was being told. And now you can't do this and you can't do that. And you're going to have to take these pills and you're going to have to wear this knee brace and you're going to have all these limitations and that I shouldn't play basketball anymore. Well, that was my story. And you can, you know. You can see it on Instagram and I have testimonials from people who knew me back when and former coaches. And now I have, you know, freakish, jumping, crazy knees, play against NBA players and all this stuff. So, but it was all built brick by brick by brick on these little, what can I do? So my system almost seems like the most boring thing ever, but it's built on this philosophy of let's see what we can do. So I really feel a brotherhood with a lot of other coaches out there. And it's really refreshing Not to think of, I'm on this podcast with you, but ultimately you're a competitor. You see what I mean? That's, I really don't like that way of thinking. Something about that way of thinking limits us. So there's a brotherhood of us out there who believe in trying to figure out how to empower our clients with what they can do. So I think it's really cool. I feel like I'm playing a part in that game along with a lot of other people, and that that was my story, you know. And I lived it, and it is what it is. Um, When you've been through three pretty gnarly knee surgeries, there's no way to replace that. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but to figure out the measurable route that I have now, it would have been impossible if I hadn't been through that. You know what I mean? So it's definitely an interesting lesson that maybe whatever you've been through that you could pity yourself for, that might be the gift that you figure out how to overcome so then you can help other people not have to go through that shit that you went through.
0: You see what I mean? Exactly. Um, it's, it's funny just hearing you try to explain because it's not even, we can't even explain in words what you've been through. And I struggled to explain it as well and ends up turning into a long rant after my motorbike accident. I've got now three bulging discs in my back. Back It all started with the first two, um, deadlifting CrossFit style competition when I was 18 years old with a coach that didn't care with a coach that came from um like New Zealand football background that just had really good genetics and structure and he didn't understand biomechanics he was like a Les Mills style popular trainer high paid trainer he was successful he was like semi famous in the New Zealand football kind of background and he he was our um, he was actually acting as a as a teacher and a coach when I was doing my certificate in fitness in Australia and where it's quite the Australian certificates, you'll find this is why you get along with a lot of Australian coach and This is why you've had so much success in the Australian field is because in America, I don't know if it's still like this, but you used to be able to do like a weekend course and become a personal trainer. In Australia, you've got to spend like six months, seven months, eight months, and you've got to really reach the criteria. I'm sure there's some courses you can just pay extra and get, get through with a little bit less exams and stuff. But I spent a year of like full-time study to get to where I am and oh. At the early part of that career, I know a lot about I knew a lot about fitness. I came from kickboxing, boxing, and I just was really a functional guy. I played soccer. I was always really active. I did track and stuff at school. And um c- coming from that knowledge to to getting coached by this guy, and we did like this, it was a silly thing. It's against everything I believe in now. But basically, it was uh your own body weight on the barbell. So I was around 70 kilos then. So you put 70 kilos total on the barbell and it's whoever can do the most reps in 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. And I was like, that's a quick equation to fuck you up, but to make it even worse. And, you know, I was young. I was just listening to the guy that he was our teacher. I had to look up to him. He was getting paid and being in a position where I thought that I wanted to be. And then I realized like I was doing deadlifts where my hamstrings were too tight. I didn't have the strength and the proportions correctly. And I was doing to the floor bouncing and I tore the discs, um, you know, the floor between the discs in my back. And he just watched the whole time and didn't make any corrections. So from that moment forward, I've been on a never ending journey to be a coach that actually cares and understands. And what I really, I really get upset sometimes when there's uh, coaches that have had a perfect run, they've never had any injuries. I just don't trust coaches that haven't had injuries. Now, if they've learned off someone that had that, that has had a lot of injuries or they've been doing it for 20 years and worked with a lot of clients that have injuries, I then open up the gates and want to listen and learn. But this is why I relate to you so much. And this is why I had you on the podcast um, early back in the day before you're really known as much as you are now. It's because... I've got so many injuries, my motorbike accident, my knee, my ankle and it's made me a better coach and it's made me change my philosophy with training and be smarter about how I train and trying things that people were like, you know, the the Tom Platts, you know, the knees over the toes, the, the crazy ways of training where it's, I'm like, well, if they did it and they did it well, like, why was it so successful? And that's when I started just studying what you were doing and I'm like, this is all the things that I've wanted to do, but I got told in my diploma, in my fitness certificate that you shouldn't let your knees go over your toes when you're doing a squat, or not more like lunges and all these silly things. Yeah. And and then I think to myself, well, when I'm sprinting or going up the stairs, and when I'm doing no, normal patterns. And your example is like when you see MJ, jumping, like Michael Jordan playing me. basketball, or any basketball player, their knees need to go over their toes in defensive yeah. plays, in attacking plays. So why aren't we training these patterns? And when I heard you saying that, it's like it makes so much sense, but it fights the grain of yeah. what certificate and colleges and universities have been studying for ages and it's like it, it really it really resonated with me and it, it made me yep. so obsessed with what you're doing so to,
1: I would love to break this down
0: yeah let's break let's this do down
1: right so right off the bat when we're talking about the, the back okay they did a study where they interviewed physiotherapists 75% of physiotherapists Despite evidence to the contrary will tell you never round your back even though there's also evidence that people who can't round who are tighter and can't round are the ones more likely to have back pain and to date, there is no evidence that there's any back motion you shouldn't do so we 're told these things not to do even though there's no evidence behind it just because someone put it in a book so my system we use seven. Different back exercises four that are for the lower back so that's usually what I'm referring to but there's three in the upper back that the thoracic spine there's evidence there that the tighter that thoracic spine is that causes low back pain not to mention greater chance of shoulder cuff tear shoulder impingement neck pain so there's seven ways I found and and this is not the only ways this is my interpretation but there's seven ways I found that I can measurably address how your back moves and with strength through that range. And I am telling you, we have a fucking bulletproof gym of people. People do not have back pain or hurt their backs here, even though 84% of people out there have back pain. And we're the only ones training at all seven directions with measurement. So it's like, at some point, you know, these things have to get more popular. And that's what I'm out here doing fighting the fight against actual stuff that's just myths, you know, I'm not a not only am I not rogue or rebellious. I'm actually speaking truth. And the people that we look up to as the ones with authority, as the ones speaking truth, 75% chance they are full of shit. And I'm sorry to say it like this, but we got to put some emphasis on that, that we're seeing these injuries climb for knees, for back, and we're operating on things that not only don't have evidence behind them, but that have evidence to the contrary. The better your knee can go over your toes, the stronger it is. There is hard evidence that those people are less likely to have knee pain and to hurt their knees. Yet we end up with super tight ankles that our knees can't go over, that our hips are massive, powerful, and our ankles and knees are shit, and then we wonder why our knees hurt. And then same thing with our back. We, we limit our back in so many ways, and then our coach tells us to put our body weight on the bar and to rep it out to failure bouncing. You see what I mean? off the floor. And it's a recipe. I've lived it, I've lived those two lives. I've lived the life of the fragile guy. My nickname in high school was old man. You know how shitty that feels at 14 years old when your friends call you old man because it takes 30 minutes to warm up? And I trained harder than anyone, but I was training on a system that is fundamentally flawed with actual lies right in there. So I I wanted to break that down for the back. When you're thinking in terms of facts, facts, No motion in the back has been found to be bad. Fact. People limited in certain motions are more likely to have pain. Fact. 75% of physiotherapists on secret examination really to see if they're they're putting out lies are telling their clients lies. Now, by the same argument, that means 25% of physios are probably fucking awesome because they have the knowledge of anatomy and they understand the truth and they're not putting out things just because it was put in writing and they're putting out the evidence you get what I'm saying right off the bat I'm not saying everyone's bad but we're looking at a system where we need to take a little more responsibility for putting out the truth and I want to give you a, a glimmer of hope though right we think of this stuff that I'm that that you and I are talking about there's almost like this negative connotation that that's like pussy training you know what I mean like that's wussy stuff that that's like that's what I thought you know And what's funny now is I'm only getting to the freakish performance by building this brick by brick of only bulletproofing. I don't even squat or deadlift or bend. I don't do that stuff. I don't Olympic lift. I I literally just do my exercises that all have evidence behind them to make you healthier. But I don't stop after six weeks and go back to fucking up my body. And so now I get to live this dream lifestyle, freakish athleticism. So that, I think that's the glimmer of hope that people need. And I think that's why people resonate with my page because I'm not just standing there in a suit telling you, you know, physio stuff. I'm showing you can actually be more explosive, stronger, faster, jump higher, doing the stuff that gets scoffed at. You know what I mean? Doing the stuff that is about taking care of your body. So I, I think we need a whole paradigm shift where we're thinking in terms of how bulletproof can we get? Because the less chance we have of getting hurt, then when we do go sprint, when we do go jump, we can apply full intention and that causes more adaptation and we can become those freak athletes. Because really, how many guys with shit genetics are transforming to be the freak athletes they want to be that these explosive advertisements and these genetic freak coaches who have never been hurt are promoting? Those are the vertical jump coaches I went to, the guys who were dunking when they were 12 years old and, and never had to do anything to train for it and had no idea what I went through. And when I tell them my knee hurts, they think that's my fault. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's and it's not their fault either. But they need to work with a team of people who understand the health side behind it. So that's what I try to do. I don't even try to pretend like I know it all. My business is with three other guys. We have the freak jumping guy. But the difference is he's working with me. You see what I mean? He's not just assuming he knows it all. And and he knows what to do. And he can help the guy who has knee pain and wants to jump higher. So Sorry for the little rant there, but you know, let's make it sexy to take care of our bodies and not think that the only way to get more explosive is to risk injury. We can actually bulletproof ourselves and get more explosive in the process.
0: There's such this uh, ego, and I don't like using the word ego because some people push away from it because they're scared of that. But there is such this, um, there's such this assessment that when you go into a gym that if you're doing small mobilization and strength exercises <laughs> for your ankle, like, you know, yeah. people want to check out some of your exercises that I've been doing back and forth. And I've actually found getting a little bit of your exercises mixing with stuff that has worked for me for my whole life. Mixing it with bodybuilding yeah. training has been the perfect formula, but it's just not cool to go in and do a very light single leg exercise. It's not cool to do like one leg on the back um, hyperextension. So these so guys- The ones,
1: training has never looked cool. Yeah. So that's why I try to say chicks dig big tips because <laughs> no one's ever <laughs> then the high school guys get into it. Chicks dig big tips. Of course chicks do not dig big no. tips, but they will dig you more when you're healthy and you're out there playing and you know what I mean and not on the sidelines. So
0: Yeah, I mean, um another reason why I thought it'd be fun to jump on the podcast is because there's this new motivation from people after watching the new um, The Last Dance documentary, the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, yeah. Ever since that, like, people in Australia have gone crazy. Everyone's, every basketball, Whoa. every half court all over where I live is full of young kids wearing, like, MJ jerseys, including me, including me. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. Um, I've got so many old injuries that I went from, like, not playing basketball to playing it too much, and you've got to work your way right. up, and that's where the gym stuff comes in. But I wanted to say, like, I'm actually a perfect example, and so are you, but I'm a perfect example just recently where I decided to try to trust the system. And even though I'm a great coach, I'm like, even a great coach needs help from other coaches. So I decided yeah. to get a hold. I put on Facebook, I said, you know, my local area, who's the best physios? I did this last year, I did it again at the start of this year. I got back like 20 or 30 people saying, this physio is amazing, amazing, amazing. This chiropractor is amazing. So I went and visited each one. I gave them about four Mm -hmm. to six weeks. So about four to five visits, um, which I think is enough to start seeing results. I think if you're not getting some type of results in the first four to five weeks, you're probably going the wrong direction. And every- I agree with that. Every single physio, every single one of them had no fucking idea what to do about my spinal injury. They had no fucking idea what to do about my flat feet. They had these- things they thought they knew I got
1: evidence for those flat feet and no one's training it
0: it's crazy and it got to the point where I went through 12 I think in the last three years I've been through about 12 of the best chiro physios and everything and to be honest very very limited results some of them were sending me backwards I was driving half an hour this way seeing a chick for an hour and then driving half an hour back and I got back and I'm like I would have had better results doing some body weight squats and some lunges in the backyard. At least my glutes were being firing up. They were doing the most strange exercises, one arm pushing in and extension here. And it just wasn't enough bang for buck. I just wasn't getting better. And every single time I go back to trying to train properly, my back is sore, my ankle. And that's why I'm just so interested in your stuff because I've never fully, I've still to this day, which is so silly because I'm a part of your program. I do your monthly program, but I haven't fully committed to just doing your stuff only. And it's, it's, I think it's this bizarre ego thing where I want to still do bench press. I still want to do squats. Like I don't want to be seen in the gym. Like I don't care, but it must be subconscious because I've been a bodybuilder. If people are listening and, you know, on your page or don't know me very well, like I've been a bodybuilder and competed in America and um, competed as a national top three in Australia three times. And so I still have these underlining issues where I want to have like doing the exercises I, that it worked for me to build muscle but it's different now. My goals are different. Like I want to be able to play basketball really well. I just want to be able to go for a surf, snowboarding, you know, hang out with my mates, run around. I can't even run. I can't run. I can only do hill sprints if I run on flat ground. Um, I'm not a big believer of just running on flat ground anyway because it's not so good just like hard surfaces like road running, but you are at the stage where you're, you've built such strong ankles, feet, muscles, knees, and hips yep. and everything, that if you needed to, you could probably run a 5K. It's not your preferred way of training because it's not creating good biomechanics, but I'd say you could probably run I'm into- sure I'd crush
1: it because I run almost 5K when I play basketball and then I finish that. And then I'm, when you see me doing these videos, that's like after a bunch of stuff, that's not like peaking for it, you know what I mean? Like the crazy shit you see on my page, that's only like, all right, we finished all the basketball, Now I want to shoot some cool stuff for Instagram while everyone else is gassed. But I think I got a solution for you, right? Because part of your, who you are also is the muscle that you're able to put on. There's a big deal with having muscle and it protects you in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? It extends, you can go for the surf, but you could also take care of yourself in a fight, self-esteem. So I play basketball. You know what I mean? It's a different, most guys are going to want to carry more muscle than I do and I think that's great and I think what a lot of trainers have been doing themselves which I'll send it to you so just kind of put it in a, in a new frame of reference is they just take my list of 20 exercises I took all the fluff out all the explanation I just put the list of 20 with the standards the numbers that you go for so it's just an easy link you can keep it in your notes that list of 20 not with the idea that you're doing all 20 in the same session but with the idea that you, you pick something from that list. You know what I mean? You go to the gym, you do the things you want to do, but you start picking off things from that list. You see what I mean? Because you may need some of those exercises that you, that you built up on to keep the muscle mass that you want. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's important. My system is not to try to make people stop what they're doing. For me, it's violent playing of basketball, right? For someone else, it may be powerlifting. You know what I mean? that for a lot of people gives them a lot of joy. Bodybuilding, you know what I mean? That's their outlet and their passion. And I'm not a hypocrite who's going to say, it's okay for me to play basketball, but it's not okay for you to do bodybuilding and do compound lifting. You see what I mean? Yep. So for trainers themselves, guys like you and guys like me who sacrifice our own, like sometimes we do things, we know it's not in our best interest, but we put that extra time on the client. You know what I mean? We, we sacrifice for the client. So it might not be realistic to do my whole, I don't follow always my whole program. You see what I'm saying? But you know what? I'll take a break from my desk and I'll go do one thing off that list. You see what I mean? I'll do that throughout the day. I sit here at my fucking desk all day working. I don't go do an hour long workout. I'll go pick one thing off that list and the next day something else. Or maybe in the afternoon I do something. Maybe, you see what I mean? I use that list, I don't use a program. And then I have my times during the week that I go out and I enjoy playing basketball. And as you can see, I'm still getting the result, even if I don't have time, even if I sacrifice for myself. You know what I mean? It's almost like client comes first, second comes basketball, third comes my system. And it's not realistic to spend. I I rarely spend longer than 15 minutes because I'm so busy with that other stuff. So that's what I do. I think it might be really good for you. You know what I mean? It's just keep that list in your notes. Don't bother with any, just keep that list and you got the numbers there. So you kind of start to learn where your weak points are. So I know what my weak points are and I'll go, go work on a weak point. And before I know it, it's like, oh, wow, the standard is easy, even though I'm not quote unquote following a program. So I don't know what you think about that, but it might be useful.
0: That's really awesome to hear because um, everyone has different personality traits and some of my clients want like a distinct protein, uh, pro, sorry, distinct program with the exact numbers and they want to know the exact day and they want it to they wanted it to feel like it's so personalized it's just for them people want to feel special but what I learned is some people just want the information and they want to be able to customize it for themselves and that's kind of like more for me like I do want something that's designed for like again with the bulging discs that I have in my back and the ankle and knee injury I have. I have to be a little bit more personalized, but at the end of the day, we all have the same bad habits. We all sit for too long. We all use phones and computers, so we're rounded. Um, we yep. all have weak feet from wearing shoes all the time. So everyone who thinks yep. they need a personal, a per- perfect personalized program through some online course- We're all human. We're all the same thing. And we all have the same kind of tendencies. We all get in the car on the same side. We all drive with the same foot type of thing. So it's very, very much people need to just chill out a little bit and not pretend like they're some unique species, you know, that you follow these standards. And this is why like a lot of my clients will see me training a client before their session while they're warming up and they'll see that they're about to do the same program. And it's not because I'm just cookie cuttering. It's because everyone has, you know, tight, weak hip flexors. Everyone has yep. unactive, you know, glutes and they're not, not activating correctly and they don't need to be always doing heavy stuff. They need to be doing stuff they're at. Super, super yep. weak core everyone's core is just super weak. Like it surprises me how many bodybuilders and guys I train with and I go to do a core thing like dragon flag, something quite advanced and they just, they just can't do it. They can't extend their body straight. And I'm like, this is crazy. And you see calisthenics guys, I have a big love for calisthenics because they've figured out a way to just be ultimate beast but not so much lower body leg strength because they just want to be able to do the craziest things with the upper body, but then you see some of them doing, I've seen a few guys, there's, a, there's an awesome YouTube channel where it's like, they get street workout guys versus powerlifters. It's like this crazy European YouTube channel. And it's awesome. Like yeah. I love when they've got new episodes, they've all got crazy accents and there's a little bit of ego mixed in, which makes it really fun to watch. But basically they'll have like a calisthenics guy and he's wearing long pants because he doesn't have very big legs. But then you see him like do pretty well with stuff that he doesn't do, like do pretty well with squats and everything, because he's doing single leg pistol squats like all the way to the ground and back. So he's building a different version. His knee hasn't, pistol squats are really great. The way the knee has to go really far over the toes. And obviously you got to be able to um, regress it for certain people because it's just not realistic, but that's when I felt like I was having some amazing results with my back and, and my knee and my ankles. I was doing pistol squats, but I was making sure that I was bringing my leg back when I needed to just hovering off the ground or using something to hold onto. So I'm not falling into my lower back and creating an injury, but pushing my knee forward and using a lot of my outer glute and just having to get so much more range. and. I'm loving some of the new programs you guys and your teams working on, like the strength through length, and we're having a lot of collaborations with the guys from Real Movement and um, other guys that are involved in that. And it's just, it's super exciting to see the industries moving away from just who, what you know. People don't. It's funny if someone would ask you like, what's your bench press? You know, what's your bench press? What's your deadlift and yeah. your squat? You just say to them, I don't do it, and it just shuts down all that kind of misbelief that you need to be doing those three movements. And I've met so many bodybuilders that actually say I don't squat and deadlift anymore. I really isolate my body because I've got so many friends that have ruined their whole career from doing those movements. And they're on the right track, but they just need to do more of those small movements that, you know, that we we're saying earlier, those pussy movements that look like look like you're just being a little bitch doing like, you know, you're lifting your toes and sitting on the wall at the airport. I love your stories about how you're always working on yep. your tibialis and, and strengthening the front of your leg, the front of your lower leg muscles, which is I call it front calf, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah. People, if people see people doing that, it's like it's not a strong, it's not a, it's not an ego um, brushing movement. You're not getting, no. not feeling your ego doing that. But again, you're probably going to feel your ego better when you can slam dunk on people that you didn't be able to, didn't yeah. been able to before, or you can run where you sh- where you couldn't. Um, you can, you know, for me surfing, snowboarding, etc. So. I want to bring it back more specifically because a big reason why I got you on the podcast this time is to, you know, I'm a bit selfish. I wanted to get some advice and people who follow me have a lot of lower back injuries because I've been talking about this injury for nine years now and I haven't really been able to fully figure it out, but it's definitely my fault. I haven't really followed something exactly, but I've also haven't had the rehab and the physios that believe in the stuff that you do they're just not doing the right thing and I can tell straight away I had best results a few years ago doing a mix of like yoga calisthenics and bodybuilding but creating the range where I needed to isolating when I needed to and and um you know big thing is sleep and nutrition but I wanted to ask I basically can't do too much flexion in the lower back because I have a just for the listeners understand and you understand I have a L, the major ones is L4, L5, and L5 to S1. So that's that lower lumbar region right before um, the end of the lower back. Um, that's a pretty common posterior uh, disc herniation or bulge. So a lot of listeners are going to love this, and this is what they're going to search in the keywords. So for me, if I create any flexion, so forward bending in yoga or in other exercises, it seems to give me a lot of pain and it seems to get worse because the disc is basically bulging at the back. If people can you know, understand that people who have the injury will understand it. What, what can we do? What program should we be working on? Cause I have really weak and tight hip flexors. I'm, I'm editing a lot like you on the computer and I've created this. I've made it worse by over the COVID period, sitting down so often, um, editing, watching YouTube, researching, working with my clients has made my body worse. And it's like, I'm in this space. I want to know like, off the top of your head, what's some advice, what's some exercises that are safe for someone who has posterior disc bulges in the lumbar region?
1: There, there is no doubt at all. And as soon as we finish this podcast, I'll send you and you can share with all your people, anyone listening to this, you can put the link in or whatever. It's one of my 20 exercises. And honestly, it's the one that I think is the most important. And in, it happens to apply so tremendously in this situation. And it's the full range split squat and specifically working that down to flat ground. Because what happens is if you think about the situation you were describing with your back, and now you compound that by sitting, and you have to think about the years of squats and deadlifts, that is strengthening you in that more compressed position, right? So when you do the full range of motion style split squat, your back leg it doesn't get to just be out of the equation. It has to be stretched. So as you progress, the back leg is under load, and there's a lot of research showing there that you can actually lengthen your hip flexors by doing that. So when it comes to research on like lengthening hip flexors, for one thing, it shows that, I mean, imagine if your hip flexors are tight, and I wish I could show this in a video, but if you just think about your hip flexors being tight, that automatically puts your back into that position you described. You see what I mean? it puts your back into that flexion position, which just fucks everything up if you're overly like that, right? So lengthening those hip flexors while getting to build your glutes at the same time and doing so independently, because again, the reachers is just as shocking that your back issue might come from the imbalance between sides, meaning it's more dangerous to be tight on one side and flexible on the other than to be tight on both. You see what I mean? So, so this full range split squat, if you just keep it in your routine once a week, I dare anyone to give that a chance to work their way to flat ground so that that back leg is really stretching. I mean, I maintain, you'll see it right in, in videos. I maintain, I can do the front splits anytime, any day. And I've stopped stretching pretty much at all. And I but I use that loaded ATG style full range split squat, where those hip flexors are getting lengthened. And when I tell you, I never have back pain. I mean, I don't even know what I would do to cause back pain. But I've done some trials where I don't use that split squat. And I'm still sitting, you know what I mean? And I go through everything else all 19 others. And it's just not right without that split squat. I'm telling you because you got to lengthen those hip flexors to counteract what? Being fucking human and, yes, <laughs> and yes. sitting all the time, not to mention, it doesn't matter from the time we were kids, we were already training all that compression with, with squats and deadlifts like you described, you know what I mean? So for every time you were training that, that compressed flex position, how often were you training your hip flexors in the lengthened position? The only time that really gets worked is when you're opening up to top speed sprinting and surprisingly... People with better top-end speed almost rarely have back issues. But it's when we stop sprinting, when we encounter other injuries. So for you, without realizing it, different injuries you encountered and then not being able to open up to top speed, then you stop playing sports. You see what I mean? I've been there for years. So you go from having knee pain to now you can barely get out of the fucking car because your back hurts. And now you're just like, please just kill me. You know what I mean? And you don't realize.
0: Exactly. You just gave my – you just gave my – transformation from from athlete to like old man that's what I felt yep. like after not being able to get to top speed not being able to run anymore
1: yep I, I remember even in my early 20s like being afraid to sneeze and someone listening to this podcast is going to resonate I'm one of those people that if I walk outside into a bright day when I look at the sun I sneeze you probably don't have that most people do but I'm not kidding it's a freaking thing like look it up sun sneezes so Funny as- yeah, you, everyone probably knows someone though yeah. who, right? You look into the sun and you sneeze, the weirdest thing. So now imagine me that every time I sneeze, it feels like I'm getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> so like, man, I was just at wit's end, right? But I was only using these compression exercises and squats. And even once I figured out how to get rid of my knee pain, it wasn't until that full range split squat, letting that back leg stretch, And now like I'm in the clear, man, like my back never, ever hurts no matter what stupid stuff I do to it. But as I told you, I like to really dive in and feel what it's like for my people. So even though I have 20 exercises, that's the one that if I drop that out and I do tests on that, guess what happens? Back pain comes back from living this kind of lifestyle. You know what I mean? from living this it, modern as computer. I'm
0: such a simple guy. I was born in a small country town. I like to find, I'd like to just test one thing that works. And that's the yep. problem. I think I was doing too much. I remember talking to you a year ago and I was like trying to do the um, the seated good mornings, mixed it with the single leg. Just start
1: um, with this one, man. Just start with this full range foot squat. And I can't stress enough for people listening because I'm giving you a link so they can see exactly what my clients get to see. This is not taught anywhere else on earth like this. So, your guys, anyone listening to this for free, is get to gonna get to see what I think is the most important exercise to reverse out that modern lifestyle. And there's a bunch of other cool benefits as
0: well. I'll um I'll get the link to I'll get the link after this, and I'll put it in the description when I upload it to um, iTunes and Spotify. Um, and for you, for you, go
1: down really slow. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't worry about the weight. For you, you're not doing it as much for the front leg you see what I mean you're doing it more for the back leg for the hip flexor so go down slow try to engage and contract that rear glute okay as you go down nice and slow trying to contract that rear glute stretching that hip flexor as you're under load coming back up low reps five reps per set full break between legs that way you can totally focus full intensity set I've just
0: yeah When I first did it, I was trying to do like 12 to 15 reps because I couldn't use much weight. And it's funny that you say this is a good exercise because um, it's the one that I struggle with the most. So it's probably the one that I need the most. Wow, wow. Yeah, and, and from this perspective,
1: I'll often start beginners out for their knees because their legs are so weak with really high reps, right? But we're looking at it, the main way it's trained is for sets of five reps. And that's actually really key. So you can keep that intention and, and really focus on that back leg. Otherwise, going high reps, you're gonna lose as much of the effect for the back because it's basically just gonna be your front leg tiring out yep. and you're not gonna be able to hold that contraction and keep the intent. I mean, it's so much you have to think about compared to a normal exercise.
0: I love it, I love it. And, and that's the big thing, I see the difference between your exercises compared to a lot of online guys and a lot of guys that are sharing stuff is your intention and your concentration and your explanation is like such a high standard because you're like, it's not really, this is what I try to explain to Bill about online coaching. It's not always about what program you have, it's how you fucking do the program. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And when your videos and the way you explain things, you really like, you might spend five minutes explaining one exercise and that's what more, like, you know, all these people have apps and I've been offered to start an app a few times now and I keep going, well, I don't know, like everyone just wants to see five seconds of me going up and down on like a you know push up. Everyone's releasing these new home workouts, and whatnot. And I think it's like, I'd rather do like a, program where I'm doing similar to where I'm actually explaining how to do the exercise for three minutes and, and saying yep. you need to invest in listening and invest in each exercise. I prefer to, I prefer to be a professional at one exercise than to be an amateur at five or six of them. And I think that's what yep. you that's what I like you've only got maybe you might even be able to pick you could probably pick maybe ten or of what you do and and live with the rest of your life with only doing those. But the way you do them, you're getting so much range, so much tension on the ligaments and the muscles without trying to snap anything or load anything. But then when you get good at them, I can see that there's, I would say that, I think you, you hold a few records for like crazy amount of weight on single leg and um, Nordics. I swear you hold a record for like single leg Nordics. It's like, what do we, what do we call it? It's unofficial, but we all know like I don't, don't see any other guys doing it with form like you. Yep. Well, I appreciate that. And yeah, man, be yourself. You know,
1: I, I think you have a huge potential to help other people bulletproof, you know, and that's been a good keyword for me. And you might be able to create a program there to get people into that mind frame. That's the goal is to bulletproof your body. And maybe they will be willing to take that time. And I went, I've been doing online since March of 2018. So two years, two months. So a couple, you know, just over just over two years. And the first six months, I really plateaued. Sorry, about three months in, I had 50 members online. Six months later, I still had 50 online. And I was taking a lot of other people's advice. Does that make sense? So so nine months in But I'm on like a six-month plateau wondering, you know what I mean, if this is even going to be a thing. I have over 3,000 active members right now. I have not stopped growing. Since November, um, I started realizing I just got to be myself, you know what I mean? And so a few months after that, I started to come out with programs that were more like, this is just what I fucking believe in, not catering to what other people are telling me I should do and i've been doing that ever since and, and my shit looks weird and you know what i mean and and i might do things in an unorthodox way but i've just stuck with my guts and so we're we're going on now you know year and a half straight of growing every single month so from 50 members a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more we're over 3000 active members and i think you can do the same thing but i think you're going to have to just be yourself you know and i think you have to deliver what you wish someone had delivered to you. And, and yeah, it's gonna take longer to explain, but you're gonna be able to deliver that care that you deliver in person. And that's what I do. And I think that's the foundation of it. And I, I love that you use that word care because I think that's the foundation of it right there. And I think it's interesting that when I took the advice, which was not as much care, but looked maybe better for a quick sale, it doesn't get the repeat user. It doesn't get the result. And you know what? Nothing sells better than that result. And so I took a slower approach where it's like, I'm going to get the freaking result even if it doesn't look cool. And guess what? That result sells. So it's a really interesting thing to find out in terms of getting sales that ultimately the best thing you can do to get long-term sales is not a quick get rich scheme. It's actually doing what you know in your heart is best for the client and it's going to get the result. So I think you, you've been through it and I think you have a huge potential there for that bodybuilding community that I'm not – And bodybuilding is probably not the right word to describe it. So let's just say fitness community. You know what I mean? But there's a big community out there that's not going to resonate as much with me. It takes more people with this kind of attitude because, all right, I'm a skinny basketball guy. You know what I mean? So I I think you – and that's marketing 101 is is like I'm not going to try to pretend to be something not. I'm not going to try to market – to people that I know are not going to resonate with my journey and my story. So most of my clients are people who have been through knee surgeries like I did, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of people out there. when You go online, it's infinite, you know, there's billions of people. So I think you should go for it. I think you should be yourself and I think you should build the program in the way that, that, you know, is actually going to get the best result, even if it takes a little longer.
0: That's the, that's the fucking best advice because every time I work with a company to, they want to do an app or they want to launch something. Um, They're always telling me what's worked best for their last people who have like a million followers on Instagram and it's like, you know, make it this way, make it a really quick 30 minute home workout. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking work. And when this COVID-19 stuff was going on, I could have made thousands and thousands of dollars quick, quickly by making a really gimmicky home workout because every other Insta famous person was doing this. Every girl, yep. every guy, guys that have never done home workouts, they started doing home workouts, squatting couches and pushing shit just to oh, viral. And I just did, I actually, you know what I did? I pulled back from social media that whole COVID time. And I just, I went pretty quiet and my growth on social media slowed down and my, and my profits through online programming went to like nearly zero because I just said, you know what? I'm not getting involved in this short-term cash stuff. Yep. yep. I'm gonna wait until the gyms are back open because for me personally I like to do a mix of some mobility and, and phone rolling and some you know some yoga stuff at home if I need to if I don't have time to go anywhere. But when it comes to getting results, if someone was to tell me, what would you rather do? Seven days of 30-minute of workouts at home or three days in the gym where you get like 70, 80 minutes to really, really get shit done. I would always choose the gym and I would pay double for that. I would always invest in that because that's how I built my physique. And when I was at my best, when I went to America, even though I was competing in a bodybuilding competition, I was doing Bikram hot yoga for 90 minutes, four days a week. And I could get into deeper positions and then skinny guys and skinny girls that were at yoga and everyone would wow. look at me and stare at me and I was like six, percent six, body fat, wow. really muscular. And like what I was doing then was like, I was just picking what works for me and I wasn't listening to yep. anything else. And I was spending a lot of time on my weaknesses. And, and, and what's good about sometimes your weaknesses are visual. I had a coach then who was like a, He's really a philosophy style guy and he was a leader back then in like getting people fit, but he also worked on like the sleep and nutrition and everything. And we'll quickly touch on that towards the end. We've got another 15 minutes. But um what I wanted to say is like sometimes you can see the weakness visually. So for me, my left leg is skinnier, my calves are skinnier, my ankles have a lot of inflammation, my hamstrings are skinnier than my quads, and that's why I'm having this imbalances. So yep. I think it's good. I think there's room for people. So basically a lot of your people are people that wanna get really good at sports or did do sports in high school and had either an injury or they feel like they're gonna get an injury and they can resonate with you. I feel yep. like we can create something or I can create something under some of your knowledge as well where I'm getting people that aren't sports people, that aren't athletes, the everyday gym people, but they wanna be more athletic. And I think that's where- Yeah, and they wanna feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Because looking like a, you know, looking like a shredded chick with a big butt, but like unactive muscles and, you know, they just do, do they just do heavy glute hip thrust all the time. And they, you know, they look good that way. They, they want to be able to function well. They want to be able to do yoga and different things and run and do that. And, and you know, surf all these different things, but they're kind of just training for looks. And there's a, there's a, I want to take a small part of training for looks because that's important as well. Like you look, even though you say that you know you're not, you know, bodybuilder physique, or whatever. But for your genetics and for your height, you have incredibly lean body type all year round. You function really well, and you have a very good beach body look. Like you could go on the beach, board shorts, and people are going to look at you and go, "This guy looks like he can move," and that's what that's what's really cool. Um, you see a lot of people that are just going down the route of like, "I'm a functional trainer, so I don't have to be very lean." But you you know that like when it comes to basketball movement. You don't want to have too much excess body fat. You basically oh, have to yeah. be as lean as possible without having dysfunction to your hormones. So let's just cover really quickly. I know you're simple about this and that's what I really love about you. You're not a nutrition guy. You don't, you don't, you yeah. don't go on about nutrition because for you, nutrition's simple. It was never a, never really a confusing situation. But for people that are struggling, I have a lot of female listeners too. So I want, to ch- I want you to chat about um, your wife and um, even I think your mom does your program as well. I want you to chat about some- of My the-
1: mom, by the way, is 66. <laughs> and when you see my split squat video, keep in mind she can do that on flat ground with perfect form at 66 years old. She just ran a half marathon and I see her coming into the finish line. My fucking mom, I'm so proud of her. And I'm, but on the inside, I'm like, oh my God, I hope she's okay. And she's like, that wasn't even hard. Oh, shit. 66 years old. I was like, holy crap. She's like, I could have done a full marathon. Anyway, she's, the, she's the fucking goat. But yeah, so what happens is, my family ends up kind of following my diet plan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always the fitness guy. So they just kind of look to me, you know, and my wife, she's six months pregnant. She's had a super healthy pregnancy. Um, she her interests are other than fitness, so she just by being around me maintains in good shape. Same with my dad, my dad likes hiking. He's 63 and hiking like a mountain goat. You know what I mean? So, so people are doing well around me. So I'll tell you my, my diet philosophy, I call it the equator diet. The equator diet meaning looking at where your body evolved based on the equator. So it's kind of like a diet that I don't care whether you're vegan or carnivore or somewhere in between, you're following principles. So right off the bat, you're eating natural foods, you're eating naturally occurring foods, uh, whether for you, that's vegetables, meats, fruits, for me, it's a mixture of all three. But then what I'm looking at is, okay, now based on the equator, clearly, with my paler skin, my body did not evolve, you know, in in around that middle, around that middle area, more northern genetics. So I'm looking at foods that are more evolved, northern, meaning for me, I could eat mangoes all day and they taste good, but I, I'm going to, if I overdo those kind of equatorial fruits, my body fat will go too high. Now, a couple things about that. Well, now say for you, maybe you're more northern genetics too, but now you're surfing and now you're living near the equator and you're doing those things. Then you might actually need some more of those. Isn't that interesting? You might need some more coconut water and you might need some more fruits from around the equator, because you're living a lifestyle as if you were. But if I'm just working the desk most of the day, you know what I mean? So I, 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 tow that line and I know, okay, if I went out and played basketball and sweat in the sun, I just earned myself some more watermelon and pineapple and these kind of things and, and sweet potatoes and, and whatever, maybe like more starchy and sugary fruits. And I may need more of that, that kind of stuff to feel good. You see what I mean? So number one, right off the bat, if you're following this diet, the junk's already out. You know what I mean? So it's, I like the fact that even if you try to follow this diet, you've already cut out the junk and that's 90% of the ball game right there, in my opinion. Meaning you could screw up and have no idea, you know, what the equator is or where your body evolved. And if you're only eating meats, fruits, vegetables, you know what I mean? Natural stuff, you're already going to be ahead of the game. But that is how I kind of fine tune it for the athlete is I get them to look at roughly you know where their genetics are from, what kind of foods, and they, and they start to learn more about foods, and I think get more of an appreciation for food, because to say, here's the one human diet, that's a lie. Different foods physically cannot grow in different parts of the earth. you see what I mean? That's the big lie is thinking that we should all be eating the exact same thing, and then it's even a whole nother lie because we can live different lifestyles within that, and we can be living in different places. and and pursuing different lifestyles. So that's the equator diet in a nutshell. And it's not even really for me to tell you how you should eat. It's just more of an overall philosophy that you should start. And I'm not, I don't mean you specifically, I mean, the listener, you know what I mean? You should start taking more responsibility to learn about what foods really are naturally occurring, taking more responsibility to eat natural foods and taking more responsibility to look at your lifestyle and where your genetic lineage is and what foods you probably would have had access to based on your genetics and based on where you're living and what you're eating. You put a you put a pale guy here in Florida and put him outside playing basketball, man, if you don't give that guy some frickin' potassium, he's not gonna feel that good even if he's eating what he thinks is a perfect diet of no carbs and this and that. You see what I mean? So y- you've gotta look at the full picture there of not only who are you, but where are you and what's your lifestyle. And so I think it it creates a cool plan where it's harder to fail because you're actually learning more about it yourself rather than just taking someone else's word for it. Or, you know, how realistic is it gonna be to follow some exact thing that everyone is supposed to follow, yet different foods can't even grow in certain places. You know what I mean? So hopefully that kind of explained it in a nutshell.
0: I would like to ask specifically, I know this doesn't relate to everyone, but but on average, I think a lot of my listeners and followers work kind of like a similar situation as your normal days when you're not playing basketball. So, you know, a little bit of office work mixed in with a little bit of like, kind of just day-to-day activities, driving to work, this and that, doing chores. Some people have kids. And a lot of people aren't getting the time to do what I'm doing. Like, you know, sometimes, especially over COVID, I was getting more than an hour of surfing every day. And I realized that I could actually consume more carbohydrates because of that reason. Yeah. That's normal, average. On the average person who's listening. And getting probably, more sunlight. More sunlight. They're getting more sunlight. That's big. The average person that's listening is probably just like spending most of the time indoors and not like super, super tanned. They're, you know, it yeah. could be colder and whatnot. Who cares what the temperature is, but they're spending most of the time, you know, sitting, sedentary, yeah. sedentary or whatever. Yeah. What for you in those days where you're not playing a lot of basketball, where you're just doing like, you know, maybe 45 minutes of exercises in the gym, but mostly just inside? are you eating more of a high-fat, high-protein um, diet? I would say definitely, yeah, on that regard. Definitely more protein and
1: fat than, than carb when I'm living that kind of lifestyle. And even within this equator diet concept, I have people doing one, two, or three or more meals a day, meaning they really scale it for themselves, and you got to see what works for you. So for me, even though it's online work, it's like a very passionate and mental job. So (laughs) I don't eat really during the day. I know that sounds kind of nutty. And again, I'm not trying to piss off people about diet. I think people can scale this equator diet concept however they want. But my philosophy is more like during the day, that's when I'm hunting. That's when I'm figuring out how to survive. And I think better, perform better, when my, when my body doesn't have all its, you know, blood digesting food, when I don't have that relaxation, basically, I perform better, you can count any more when I'm hungry than when I'm full. So my style is to eat as little as I have to during the day. Maybe that's a, you know, a jerky stick here or there just in case I'm not feeling too good. You know what I mean? Maybe that's, you know, a little cream in, in my espresso to give some fats in there a handful of nuts if you're feel you know, if you're not feeling too good. But for the most part, I'm trying to stay involved in my work. And look, I, not everyone has to be a psycho about it. But one of the things I love about my style is that I go the whole day without having to stop to eat food. So I feel like that gives me a, a leg up on everyone else who's out preparing food, having to stop. Lunch break, to me, that's simply not in my vocabulary. It's just not. I just work all day. So I feel like it gives me a huge leg up on competitors who are busy with all that stuff so my general thing is if the sun is out generally i'm not gonna eat and then at night i'm gonna feast and with whatever you know whatever I, whatever i hunt and whatever my wife gathers and i'm gonna feast until i'm so full i fall asleep like a baby because i can't fall asleep that well if i'm not full i, I want to eat and be satiated and feel like king of the king of the jungle at night so that's what works for me what works for me it's being a hungry motherfucker that you do not wanna fuck with during the day because I'm literally, you know, but it's towing that line where I don't feel bad, but it's like, it's like there's nothing to digest in my stomach. It's like, I feel like during the day, I should be ready for a six pack contest at any time. You should be able to punch me in the gut any time during the day. And I'm like, ready, tight, nothing digesting in my stomach. And then at night is when I'm gonna feast. And again, for me, that works really well because I do maintain you know, I weigh about eighty kilos, you know what I mean? So by no means would that work for a rugby player who needs to maintain a hundred kilos. You see what I mean? So I
0: like what what weight are you? Because I'm I'm eighty kilos. Eighty kilos. I'm a lot shorter than you.
1: Yeah, yeah, eighty kilos for me. So you can see we have a, a different body type. We weigh about the same, what's but I'm not, a lot taller.
0: What's your height?
1: Oh height. Uh I mean I don't know it in meters. I'm six foot one inches.
0: Yeah, six one. So I'm only five, seven. So I'm the same yeah. way as you, but like, you carry,
1: more, you carry more muscle mass than I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a shorter version. It's funny. That's funny. Like when I play basketball with taller people, I'm like, it's massive advantage being taller, but it doesn't, you can still have very good athletics if you're short and, and make a good statement in basketball. I love watching that stuff. So Um, So without getting particular on the carnivore diet and vegan diet, it's very controversial. I know you don't get mixed up with that because you're happy for people to just eat what they want to eat, but around those kind of like guidelines. Um, For me, I've been really following a more of like a steak twice a day type of thing. And I'm the same. I don't really eat much food early in the day. And then I try to have a meal after like a lunchtime workout. And then I wait a while and then I have a really, really big meal at dinner. Um, and I'm so full, I just pass out in bed early. And that's kind yeah. of like the same. I'm very similar to you. And I think you'll find a lot of top athletes that are getting through their 20s and into their 30s that are being successful in business. Like you've got to be clear on the business, you know, spending a lot of time on it. It's not very exciting spending five or six hours on your laptop or your computer, but, right. If, right. If, but if you're focused and you're obsessive and like you were saying, you're a psychopath about your work, like we both are yeah. similar like that. When I get obsessive, I'll spend way too long trying to nail us like I'm right now I'm working on a workout and a transformation series and I'm editing for YouTube and I spent like four or five hours editing the first two minutes yesterday I'm like okay I'm obsessed a little bit um but let's get back to did, what exercises and stuff does your mum and your wife do is very similar to your program they're not doing like cardio like when I say cardio they're not doing female workouts they're doing the same exercises that athlete NBA stars are doing
1: That's what's so cool about my system is that, you know, it's my opinion that there's only 20 movements you need, eight in the lower body, eight in the upper body, and four in in that back, you know, torso area. I only do 20 movements. Each one scales so that my wife does it, my mom does it. Anyone can do it. And I think the only way to screw up is to overdo it. So my wife and my mom do it just a little bit each week. You know what I mean? And, And my wife being pregnant, I've learned, you know, kind of which ones relate better to pregnancy. My mom being 66 years old, you know what I mean? I kind of pick and choose. Like my mom could live great on just a few exercises from that list of 20. You know what I mean? Uh, But then if you want to be a freaking javelin thrower and now you're putting force through your ankle, your knee, your shoulder, you see what I mean? So depending on the, the efforts and endeavors, I'll go months and months at a time where I'll actually just do the eight lower body exercises. And I won't even do any of the 12 back and upper body exercises. So it depends on the person but each move is, is, scalable. I mean, and that's where I love what you said at the very beginning, my, my thing before I thought online was ridiculous. You know, a few years ago, I never thought I would be doing online training. It's my passion now because I found that I can actually get the result and I can bring it to people affordably. And I got into a weird thing, training top pro athletes where you start to reevaluate what the purpose of your life is. I mean, one of my favorite basketball players, news just came out on him that his jersey has been glorified in a strip club because he spent a million dollars in a single night. This is not made up. This is a fact. He spent a million dollars in a single night. And I'm listening training from NBA players. I remember this. And the dream was like to go from like a six-car garage to a 20-car garage and still be single in your 30s to be able to have massive drug parties. And it's like, so what what's my worth here? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm making a guy better, so he can have a 20 car garage. So but but that's where I evolved. I evolved in the gym setting. And I evolved owning it myself and having to take that responsibility. At one point, I had what started out as like 3 people in a women's class i had 17 women every morning that i was personally training okay i was a psycho i would go 4am to midnight and i actually had a like a month where i only had like amino's and i only had um <laughs> you know the extend amino's and yeah, quest yeah. bars i lived a month on amino's and quest bars so if anyone's wondering if you if you like you know if you get if you're on a ship that you know overhauls and you've only got quest bars you'll live <laughs> i can't say how well but <laughs> My point is like that my thing before I ever had anything to do with online is I'm going to train more people with more care and like figure shit out. You see what I mean? So like I came up training 82 year olds and then eight year olds in the same freaking day. You know what I mean? And, and, and also my thing is like, I'm the guy that the other person hears the story that the person canceled a knee surgery. And now this person got a scholarship. So everyone's expecting miracles. Right? So like, People are coming to me for dirt cheap. I never turned anyone down. Meaning if someone walked in my gym and they literally said, I have no money, I live in the ghetto, I would still train them. And I would figure out something. All right, you're gonna clean the dumbbells once a week and I'm gonna train you. Something. I never turned a person down. I had cheap prices, okay? Uh, And I would work 4 a.m. to midnight and I didn't even take weekends off or anything. Um, I remember my wife, this was before we were married, and she had to sit me down. We had to have like an intervention because I was only seeing her for five minutes a day. This was before we were engaged or married or anything. And she had to pry me. We had to bring in like a third party to get me to be willing to spend up to 15 minutes a day with her. <laughs> I look, I look back and I'm like, all right, I was nutty, but I'm here now. You know what I mean? Those, and, and I was that's so, cra- yeah. That crazy. So that, that's,
0: I, re- I resent, i um not resent. I, I'm i really Similar to that in a lot of ways, because when I get into my like, obsessive, passionate times, which is you're just yeah. running that all the time, um, yeah. I barely see um, Alicia, my fiance, and there was times where I was working, I was running a online like supplement business, I was working PT full time, plus I was building an Instagram from 4,000 followers to 300,000 wow. followers. And, about and that's two- a full time job itself. If anyone doesn't know that now with how well you've rebuilt your whole Instagram, and it's the most successful thing I've seen this year going from someone stealing your old account and then you starting from scratch was the best thing that ever happened to you because you're like, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to control it myself. Yeah. But what I mean by that is like, I can relate to that so much and it takes a certain type of person to be that obsessive, but it creates these crazy coaches or these crazy speakers and motivational people that you look up to. But then what you had to do is you had to figure out something that was scalable. Because with PT, you put yeah. all your energy into each person every day, but there's no scale there. Like, you're one person, you can't make more money. In, you know, you've got a cap, like maybe you can make $500 in a day if you work the whole day till like 7 or 8 p.m. from 4 a.m. or even more than that. But that's, that's the cap, you can't go up from there. With yeah. online, you were like, I can, charge less money, help 3000 people per month that love being on your program, obsessed with your program and really know who their coach is. And they see you making five videos a day and editing it and having a whole team of guys. Like it's good to look up to. And I can
1: keep the quality. And that's the things like I was offered, many business partners saw my gym here and they're like, we wanna go in, we wanna put an ATG in LA, we wanna, you see what I mean? Like, but how am I gonna keep the quality at these different places? And so that's what the online allowed me to do. I still get to keep that quality, uh, you know what I mean? Which is just not possible if I'm having a bunch of different gyms. So it is what it is, it was the way for me. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like a terrible husband now. Trust me, I, I like treat my wife like gold. And now because of the online style and because of learning that I can trust and teach other people, now I actually do have a lifestyle I'll be able to be a great dad and, you know, I'm a great husband and stuff like that. So I didn't want to scare people with that, but look, before I was engaged in my grind mode, you know what I mean? Like that's what I went through. And I was, I wanted my thing to be known as the guy who was just going to care the most. So yeah, I trained from eight years old to 82 year olds, you know what I mean? And I had to adapt movements that everyone
0: could do. The way I look at it is a lot of uh, females are gonna hear this or a lot of men are gonna hear this or people in relationships, et cetera. I would rather only see my loved one for two hours a day and make sure I'm setting up, a, I'm providing for my future kids and providing for my future grandchildren, my future family, being able to yep. look after my parents when they retire, et cetera. I'd rather do that. I'd rather only be, I'd rather only be able to socialize and be with my loved one um, for an hour, or two hours two hours a day at most, or I have a, a job which I get paid shit all. It has no climb. It has no growth. And I spend yep. four or five hours sitting around watching TV, watching the same news and complaining that everything's expensive because we're so poor. And that's why yep. another thing that Alicia fell in love with me, with me so much is because I knew how to hustle. And even though we want to spend more time together, we go on little holidays. That's why we escape and do little trips to Bali and Thailand. And you know, we're planning to come to America. And I was planning to come stay with you in Florida and learn more those times are there for that reason. But when I'm home, like I pretty much, even if I don't have clients, I'm always working. I've always got something yep. to do. And I think yep. a lot of people in relationships fall in love with the person that does that. Cause you've got it. usually you've got a provider that really hustles and then you've got someone who's more of a relaxed person that does things around the house. That's like usually, you know, sometimes it's the the female is the mother figure because they understand like, they're keeping the system working at home. So then you can just create an ultimate hustle at your workplace. but. You know, I'm I'm super excited about you having your kid. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl yet?
1: Wife doesn't want to know, but she's six months pregnant, so we're gonna find out soon.
0: Oh wow, that's so exciting! Congratulations, yeah, bro. you're gonna be appreciate emotional. that. And your um, you know, son or daughter doesn't matter who they are, they're gonna be very athletic just being around without you even pushing it on them, just from having um, grandparents and parents like you guys like um, you know people say to me oh you're going to be a pretty obsessive dad your son's or your son or your daughter is going to be like into fitness and bodybuilding and I said well, I'm not going to force them I'm going to let yeah. them choose the sport they like but I'm going to be a role model I'm going to be playing basketball I'm doing boxing pads I'm going to be swimming and teaching yep. how to surf that way they yep. feel the love of what exercise gives to you and it's not about not eating the wrong food it's about eating the foods that's going to fuel your workouts and that's my philosophy and, love uh, that. we're thinking about having a kid turn as well and it's scary Ooh, nice. it's very intimidating yeah. but how exciting, man, you're at a good point of um, your life. And you know, i would love that you're hustling now and growing your membership base because you de- you deserve it more than anyone else I've ever met. Like you deserve it so much. I actually have that means a lot.
1: I feel the same way about you. So I'm really excited to see where to things go keep going for you.
0: I actually have people that contact me online. And right now I'm not really doing a lot of online coaching. I'm concentrating on creating like video series and a lot of free content and concentrating on other stuff. And um, I have a lot of people that contact me online and if they're into any sports, NBA, NRL, football, etc., and they want me to help them write a program, I actually don't even take the money. I say to them, hey, go check out Knees Over Toes on Instagram, click the link. It's cheaper than what I can charge you. It's a system that works. It's the stuff that I do. You know, there's certain clients where I'm like, I literally know that there's a better coach out there. And that's what I think that will give me um, a long-term better system because I the reason why I'm Sending them to you is because eventually I'll have a system like that, but I don't yep. at the moment. And I'm more than happy to share, and that love will come back. And we've been working. It will. Yeah.
1: It will. Yeah. I mean, I volunteer for you know the Australian Group Real Movement. You know, I don't make a penny, and I teach my knee system there, so other coaches can be certified in it. And I even teach. You know, it's not on your scale, but I teach coaches how to build Instagram. You know, so like I I I contribute that, and I volunteer in that, and you in particular have also had a massive influence. Like I'm gonna look, and we, we always run too long, so we should end soon. I know I probably exceeded your limit already, but I'm looking at my top, um, I'm looking at like, you know how you can see like the top five cities following you? Yeah. Check this out. So the top five, number one is New York City, but it actually looks like it's tied with Sydney. Then number three is Los Angeles. Number four is Melbourne. Number five is Brisbane. Oh, for the bad. fucking world that's my top 3 out of my 88,000 followers so you 3 def- out of the top
0: you were yeah, definitely so have a really strong australian following
1: yeah and so i have a lot of australian members so like i just wanted you to know how much that means because it's it's right there in the stats i mean look 3 out of the top 5 cities in the world are in australia so it means a lot and you are 100% right like as you keep evolving your things you have me and i'm sure many others and and that those friendships are going to become more valuable to promote your product than you trying to have everything and i've always had that same concept and i'm doing fine you see what i mean like uh, that that concept of you know valuing a friend more than greed it's going to pay off i mean look at these you know something like i mean instagram is built on that concept you know what i mean
0: yeah
1: it is is how many you know how many followers you have and in our case how many friends you have at that level? So I'm definitely, you know, I'm there for you. Anything you need.
0: All right, bro. Just to, just to recap on the people that are going to be searching this stuff. You know, I'm going to put the title to do with like you and like lower back pain and knee pain. And I want to recap for people that have the injury that I have, which is the lumbar disc bulges or you know that yep. area. It's the ATG split squat, um, which will be we'll put a link in the description on how to do that. And if you don't yep. have the link, if I somehow forgot, which I won't. You can go to, um, Ben's I'll send it to you. Yeah. Hit me up. I answer
1: DMs under 24 hours. So hit me up. I'll send it to you. But you got to mention that you saw me off Jackson's
0: podca- podcast. Um, knees over toes guy is the Instagram, yep. which yep. I love telling people that cause they're like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you'll find his link in his program. That's all you need to know. He just concentrates on that Instagram. That's basically his main thing, which I love. And, um, Thank you, man. Thank you so much. So that's what they want to be doing. If you have lower back pain, I'm going to start doing that exercise twice a week, three to four sets, five reps, lightweight. And in about four to six weeks, I'm documenting everything. I'm starting to vlog. I'm starting to vlog on a camera. I've got I've got cameras everywhere. I'm starting to really just film everything because my transformation right now is going from like injuries and not so healthy through the COVID routine. I was just surfing over pain to now wanting to get back to hundred percent doing yoga mixing it with i want to be that guy that it's cool to be flexible it's cool to be strong through range but still be jacked and i'm going to kind of mix that Love in it. um thank you so much for being on the show bro i really appreciate that and um i hope you have a awesome what time is it there
1: i'm ready it, it's uh, 7 7 20 at night so heading home awesome. with life it's been a good day
0: perfect perfect thank you so much bro we'll end it there thank you What's up, guys? I just thought I'd have a quick chat with you. Thanks for listening to the full podcast, and I hope you got some value from that. If you know anyone that would take value from this that has injuries that can relate to any of our stories, um, feel free to share this, and make sure you jump on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and put a review. That would be really awesome. I'm picking one person a week who does a review to send out a gift or a discount code for one of my sponsors or a free program and maybe even a discount code To um, Ben's program as well. Now, if you want to get started with Ben's stuff for free, he's got a link in the description for that one exercise. Just start with that. And if you really enjoy it, then I'm sure we can come up with something to keep going on that as well. I don't make any money from referring these people to Ben. I just think he's a great coach and he's helped me as well. So just keeping it 100% with you guys, keeping it real, which has been a big goal for me and we've got some things coming. We've got some things in the works coming. We've got some new episodes. If you're not following my YouTube channel, jump on to YouTube, just type in Jax or head onto my Instagram and find my YouTube channel. My Instagram is at Jax JFIT. Yeah, man, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm creating some really fun videos. I'm working on some stuff to really give back. And I'm back in the gym, working with my clients four days a week. So I'm really excited. Well, I think that's enough of hearing my voice. Have an awesome day, guys. And I'll see you next week for the next podcast. See ya.